Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. Well, to gain growth, what's the unmet need in the market? That we can now, there's a whole landscape here that we can now move into that we've not exploited before. And for me, the classic example, and sorry to mention Apple again, is the iPhone. I mean, if you if you went back to when, before the iPhone was produced in the West, everyone had a mobile phone. It was saturation. And everyone's going, well, the market's saturated. What, you know, what are we going to do? Well, suddenly Jobs comes out with the iPhone, which there was a big unmet need that people hadn't articulated. Oftentimes when we kind of have these grand strategic ventures, we don't sit down and think through the practicalities of it. So I'm all for growth. I support that completely. But what do you mean by that? How are you going to grow? What does growth mean to you? What are the metrics you're going to, to use? And then, you know, as you've defined it earlier, there are lots of ways of growing. Does it make sense for your organization to grow by increasing revenues from your current customer base. All right, well, that that's going to lead to a set of strategic actions that you take. Is it going to, are you going to grow by acquiring new customers? That's often a different set of strategic actions to take. Are you going to grow by moving into new markets? You need to define this stuff. Yeah, so can I can I ask a really stupid question? You normally do, so that will be absolutely fine. <laughs> but I'm asking permission <laughs> this time. Oh, was that the question? It, it oh, may was, oh, turn okay. out to be like secretly profound, or it may just be a really dumb question. So Ryan, at the end of last year, I think you know that we did some research with our clients and within the marketplace, actually, to try to sort of find out a bit about what is going to happen in the next decade and what people want in the next decade. What people are concerned about, yeah? Yeah, what people are concerned about, what what are the key drivers going to be? And I thought we're going to spend this podcast in, in talking about that because it was really quite fascinating. And that may be because... I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to this stuff, but I think the results were quite interesting. Let me take a couple of steps back because we've been looking at customer experience now since 2002. I I personally started back in um, the turn of the last millennium, actually, in 1998 when I was working at uh, British Telecom. And my title then was Customer Experience. I decided that there would be this thing called Customer Experience, wrote the first book back then, And as usual with these things, they're always in a bit of a bell curve. So if you think back to CRM, if you think to total quality management, you know, all of these things sort of come and go. The good thing is that customer experience as a topic has gone a lot longer than I thought it would. And the focus on customers has remained. So for the last couple of decades, a lot of organizations have been focused on the customer as well. But 
it's interesting because the research that we did shows that that is starting to change. Mm-hmm. And the new mantra, the new focus is on growth. Now, I would argue that growth has always been there. I would argue that the reason that you do customer experience is to gain growth, okay? You know, the reason people were, the whole thing around customer experience started at the beginning was this whole area of lack of differentiation. So I say at conferences, when I speak a lot of conferences, the phrase I love saying is, the time from innovation to imitation is now down to weeks. Yeah, No matter, you come up with a new product or service and suddenly someone has copied you. So the time from innovation to imitation is, is down to weeks. And that was what was driving people to go, so we've got to focus on something else to gain growth, although they weren't using those words, but we've got to focus on something else. So let's focus on improving the customer experience. The big change for us and the big area of focus for us this year is to focus even more on gaining organizations, enabling them to grow. Does that make sense? Yeah. So can I can I ask a really stupid question? You normally do, so that will be absolutely fine. <laughs> but I'm asking permission <laughs> this time. <laughs> oh, was that the question? It, it may oh, turn oh, out okay. to be like secretly profound, or it may just be a really dumb question. How did your respondents define growth? Or, or what does that mean to the people who are concerned about it? And I guess in particular, does everybody agree on a definition? Does everybody mean the same thing when they talk about growth? What I like about you academics is you're just so naive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find it charming and refreshing about us. So, so has anybody defined it? Yeah, about 72 million people. And have they all defined it the same way? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. <laughs> so no, I mean, at the end of the day, and I'll give you my view of what growth is, but I mean, at the end of the day, as a bit of a sidetrack, one of the reasons why we called Beyond Philosophy, Beyond Philosophy was to try to indicate that you can have this sort of strategic thought, but you've got to go beyond it and do something. Okay. And what does that mean in the, in this context? Well, for me, growth is pretty simple. Are the numbers increasing? When I then say the numbers. Exactly. That was my next question. <laughs> ah, I could, I've, I've worked with you too long, mate. Uh, so. you, you rail against philosophy and then you bring a philosopher on to talk to you everywhere. You're a very conflicted man, Colin. <laughs> Tell me about it. My answer to that would be, well, it depends what the company says is growth. I mean, I think that's fair, right? That's that's pretty important. Yeah. However, to answer the question, growth typically is sales, yeah, market share, profitability, the normal, what I would call ROI numbers. So in other words, I'm investing the dollar to get something back. So I'm expecting to sell $2 worth of something, okay? And clearly what's happened over the years is growth has been a challenge for many businesses, okay? Hence, again, 
we can't get time from innovation to imitation it's down to weeks therefore we're finding it difficult just to to go out there with our new product and services commoditization massive growth in the internet all those things driving commoditization therefore how do we get growth where do we get new customers from so it's around all of those types of numbers but has anybody truly defined it well yeah loads of people have particularly sort of consultants like us basically so for me there are some important areas here and we've spent some time trying to think through what do we mean by growth and where does it fit in okay so for me there are sort of broadly three types of growth okay there's what i would call traditional growth okay and what i mean by traditional growth is this is sort of traditional customer retention customer acquisition activities okay so these are i'm dealing in a marketplace i have got a product or a service that i'm selling i've got customers that i'm selling that to and over the period of time i gradually increase the functionality of my product in some physical or rational way so examples of that would be i'm in the computer industry and the processor gets faster i'm in cell phones and we're now moving to 5g we want first mover advantage so we're going to start gaining growth through being first to the marketplace i'm amazon and deliveries used to take three or four days now we're talking about a day or importantly i've got these existing customers and i want them to buy more products or services from me yeah and therefore i'm going to gain growth by focusing on on those existing customers does that make sense so under this traditional growth perspective you would include both acquiring new customers and increasing sales to existing customers or or is that going beyond kind of the category there i would put it in there but i guess i would put it looking at things in the traditional way okay so let me let me go on and explain the other areas that, that that may help bring it to light the next area is to gain growth and again if we're talking about growth it's increasing sales increasing market share increase in customer acquisition is i'm looking in an adjacent market so i've now got a product or a service apple used to sell hardware as the main product now they've moved more to services virgin as a classic example you know virgin have diversified into many different areas or even companies like dyson started off selling vacuum cleaners now going into fans but also going into fans hand dryers yeah hair dryers and even a hand dryer in public areas and stuff like that so in other words i've got this marketplace been doing the traditional stuff it's now reached saturation so what other places can we go to try to gain growth the third area is the whole area around then experience so experience and i wouldn't want anybody to think that this is the case but experience hasn't disappeared at all you know what we know is that you can gain growth through improving your customer experience 
the example I two clients of ours, Maersk Line, largest container shipping company in the world, increased their net promoter score by 40 points over 30 months, at which led to a 10% rise in shipping volumes. Guess what? That's growth. Yeah. Or Rico printers improved their net promoter score by by 34 points over 30 months that led to a 10% rise in printer sales in a declining market. Guess what? That's growth. Yeah. So by looking at this whole area of how do we improve your experience, and now we can start to offer a better experience, and now we're looking at the whole things that we talk about on this podcast, which is, you know, you know, the emotional, subconscious, psychological, behavioral economics area, you can gain growth, as we've just just heard from those examples, by providing a, a better experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, kind of just recoding or reclassifying the the groups that you've identified. It sounds like your traditional sources of growth, you would consider a lot of product improvement, process improvement, or you could diversify uh, into to different markets, maybe serving different sets of customers or serving customers with different sets of products. Or you can potentially increase the value to the customer by improving the experience of what you're currently doing, doing it better in such a way that makes customers happier and easier to acquire new customers, easier to get repeat business. Yeah. I think that the interesting part for me is this is therefore about, but the output is focusing on growth. So if I go back to podcasts that we've done over the last 18 months, one which we did a few weeks ago where Forrester are saying that one in four customer experience professionals will lose their job in 2020. Why is that? Well, there's a lack of focus on ROI and growth at the moment. People are doing customer experience, not for the wrong reason, but not for the right reason. A number of organizations are not doing it without the end goal in mind, which is if I'm investing a a dollar, I'm expecting money back. I'm not just going to invest the dollar and improve the customer's experience and not get anything back. I mean, why, why in the hell would I do that? I mean, another way of saying that, I, I think, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, there are ways of improving the customer experience that don't result in increased sales or increased profitability or uh, increased customer acquisition. Like there are ways of making people happy that don't show up in the bottom line. Yeah, so absolutely. So here's the really interesting bit that we've sort of flipped onto over the last period of time. And that is what you need to focus on are customers' unmet needs. Okay. So to gain growth, you need to be focusing on customers and unmet need of the customer. Okay. Now, the unmet need of the customer, okay, can be a known unmet need. So in other words, this is an unmet need of the customer and we have decided that we're not doing it. We know it's a need. So for instance, maybe there's a need for two hourly delivery from Amazon as opposed to one day. But actually, the cost of providing that would be a lot of money. So, yeah, we know that customers want it, but you know what? We're not going to give it to them because it costs too much money, which is absolutely fine. The most interesting area for us is 
what we would call sort of the hidden unmet needs. And this is where you start to get into this whole conscious and subconscious area that we've talked about before. So classic examples that, again, people may have heard me talk about before, but when you asked, we were doing some work with a hospital system, and when they were asking patients how to improve the experience that would then log on to driving value, they said that spending more time with the doctor was the key, okay? So you now invest lots of time, effort, money in increasing the number of doctors you've had, increasing the appointment systems that you've got, blah, 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 to achieve that because you believe that will drive growth. That's what we would call the conscious things. When we actually did this research, this specialized research that we do called an emotional signature, what we discovered was that it was more subconscious than that. It wasn't that patients wanted to spend more time with doctors. It was the key issue was, is the doctor listening to them? Okay, and that's a big difference. So it wasn't that they're spending more time. It's, I don't think the doctor's listening to me. Now you get into a completely different area, which is, well, why is it you think the doctor's not listening to them? Because actually the doctor's spending a lot of time putting information on the on a computer system and they haven't had any training on how to listen to people. But the actions that you then looking to gain growth, the actions that you then take for that are a lot different to the actions that you would take if it was around increasing the amount of time with a doctor. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, so kind of to one of the earlier points, it's possible to increase the time without people feeling that they're being listened to anymore. So you may have expensively made the problem worse, or at least not improved it. Yes. And the irony is, is that there is a chance that you would actually decrease customer satisfaction because they're now spending double the amount of time with a doctor but they still feel they don't listen to them. (laughs) So not only does it cost you a lot of money, but actually people are going, they don't listen to me. So the interesting part for this sort of debate around growth is where you have to get to is you have to start to look at the driver that's underneath that, okay? So you now start to get into going, well, what is the outcome that that patient wants, So the outcome the patient wants is they want to feel better, okay? But the task they have, if you like, is they want to make sure that the doctor makes the right diagnosis and understands them. Hence, they want them to listen to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a kind of a heuristic, which we've talked about before. You often don't know the quality of the care that you're getting until much later when you feel better or you don't. So instead, you use these, these heuristics, these shortcuts to evaluate. And a very easy one to use is, well, I, I assume that this doctor can't take care of me if they're not actually listening to the problem that I'm trying to communicate. That may or may not be true. You know, I don't know enough about medicine, but it may be the case that the doctor could look at your chart and know exactly what to do. But you can't evaluate that. Uh, and so instead, you rely on bedside manner, which would be one of these, these hidden drivers that you're talking about. Let Beyond Philosophy help you discover what your customers really want, not what they say they want, by uncovering the hidden drivers of value in your customer experience to create real ROI. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com contact. 
Yeah, and that's a classic example of this sort of subconscious, hidden, unmet need. Yeah, there's the need that customers can articulate. I want to have a doctor that diagnoses what's wrong with me. But actually, there's these subconscious, hidden, unmet needs. And you need to be able to pull those out to gain growth. And the other interesting part, and sorry if I'm going on, but I get passionate about these things. The other part that's really important here is who you're doing this with, okay? Because traditionally, what organizations do is they focus on their customers and they do research with their customers, okay? And actually, they should be doing research not just with their customers, but they should also be doing research with customers who they've lost and they should also be doing research with what's happening in the marketplace. Customers they would like to have, yeah. Correct, yeah. I mean, it's the whole of the marketplace because now the question becomes... Well, to gain growth, what's the unmet need in the market that we can now, there's a whole landscape here that we can now move into that we've not exploited before. And for me, the classic example, and sorry to mention Apple again, is the iPhone. I mean, if you if you went back to when, before the iPhone was produced in the West, everyone had a mobile phone. It was saturation. And everyone's going, well, the market's saturated. What, you know, what are we going to do? Well, suddenly Jobs comes out with the iPhone, which there was a big unmet need that people hadn't articulated or hadn't articulated at at that surface level. My point here is you shouldn't just be looking about your customers. You shouldn't just be looking at customers that have left you in the last few months. You should be looking at the market because there are unmet needs in the market. The next question is, does it drive value? So in other words, am I going to get growth out of it if I deal with this? And now you're into going clearly, well, what's the cost of us moving into that market segment and what's the cost to serve and how much money are we likely to get out of this? But also, and we talked about this on another podcast recently, when you're doing that calculation, what's the lifetime value of a customer? And therefore, that's all part of the the calculation. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. Good. So for me, there are four things here that I would strongly suggest that if you're looking for growth, there are four things here that, that, and this goes back to some of your sort of the, your definition of growth. You mean my my dumb question that you made fun of me for that? That's what we're going back to? (laughs) Maybe not so dumb. (laughs) I I would just, I I just feel none of your questions are ever dumb. Go ahead whatever non-academic point you were going to try to make <laughs> absolutely well you see that us non-academics don't need to uh, to worry about actually proving something we just say that it's the case so anyway so there are four things we've narrowed this down to over the last period of time that i think are really important that people would focus on so if you want growth what do you need to look at And maybe this is the bit about where we normally go at this point in the podcast. What are the practical things that you could do? So here's the practical things. 
First thing is, it needs to be unknown by the organization typically. Okay. And again, this is not academic. So I'm not saying in every single case, but mainly to gain growth, they will be unknown by the organization. Okay. It will be something that the customer either consciously or subconsciously desires. In other words, they say that they want. Now, part of the challenge here is the usual challenge, which is sometimes customers say one thing and do another. People have heard me say many times, Disney know when they ask customers what they want to eat at a theme park, Disney say that people say they'd like to have an option of a salad, but people don't eat salads at theme parks, they eat hot dogs and hamburgers. So you've got to understand the difference there. So the second part here is what's the conscious or subconscious need or desire yeah third part is what's an unmet need to gain growth you need to be understanding what is an unmet need that the customer has not just your customers but customers across the market and the fourth key point is it's got to drive value okay there's there's no point in doing it if customers if it's something that's unknown to you you now discovered it it's a subconscious desire You've definitely decided that it's an unmet need, but you know what? It's not going to drive any value. You're not going to get any growth from it. There's no point. For us, it's got to hit each of those four areas. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. In terms of practical advice from me, I'm going to double down on this definitions of growth thing, Colin. I'm not going to let this go. (laughs) This 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 is the hill I die on. Oftentimes when we kind of have these grand strategic ventures, We don't sit down and think through the practicalities of it. So I'm all for growth. I support that completely. But what do you mean by that? How are you going to grow? What does growth mean to you? What are the metrics you're going to to use? And then, you know, as you've defined it earlier, there are lots of ways of growing. Does it make sense for your organization to grow by increasing revenues from your current customer base? All right. Well, that's going to lead to a set of strategic actions that you take. Is it going to, are you going to grow by acquiring new customers? That's often a different set of strategic actions to take. Are you going to grow by moving into new markets? You need to define this stuff because otherwise you'll go off in every direction at once. You won't give any particular actions or initiatives the support that they need to be successful. So yeah, think through this. Define growth, define the the avenues for growth, and then make some good, solid strategic decisions about what you can do to grow in sustainable and responsible ways for the organization. Just to show everybody that you're not mad, mate. Then- you said I'm not mad. I'm livid. <laughs> this is what I sound like when I'm mad. You just don't recognize it because I'm usually mad when I'm talking to you. <laughs> no, the point I was just about to make was we actually, that's one of the first things that we do with a client, okay? You can talk in growth in abstract terms, Okay, but it's really interesting. Honestly, I think that's part of why people like the term is because it is abstract and it's squishy and it gives me a lot of freedom to do what I want later. Yeah. The other term that people struggle with is is value. So one of the key things that we do with any of our clients at the very beginning of an engagement is to do exactly what you've said, which is to say, okay, what do you mean by growth? What do you mean by value? To be honest with you, I'm somewhat surprised sometimes well, too often, let me put it that way, that people don't know within the organization. We, as part of our engagement, suggest a number of things that they may wish to consider. Very good point. So 
Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. If this has been useful to you, then please tell others. Also, if you want to find out any more about this whole area of growth, then please reach out and talk to us. We've developed some tools that help you identify growth, and I'm sure those would be of use to you moving forward. So thanks very much, everybody, and talk to you next week. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.